Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A dribble, lets it fly. He throws it! FNTSY and Sports Grid Network present. Ball in his hands. Game on the line. Friday, no. Tipped up by Nash at the horn! Hardwood takeaways. It's Lillard. He got the shot off. What's up and welcome in. It is Hardwood Takeaways NBA Trade Line Edition. That's right. Today, as you're listening to this, it is the NBA Trade Deadline. I'm your host, Chris Welsh. You can find me on Twitter at IsItTheWelsh. And right here on SportsGrid, you can catch Hardwood Takeaways every day of the week, Monday through Friday, with Scott Bogman and myself. Now, Scott Bogman is going to be here tomorrow to have a post-NBA trade deadline conversation with you because there are still trades to be had. You're listening to this on the morning or maybe the afternoon of the NBA trade deadline, 3 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. We had trades go down on Wednesday. We've got open conversation pieces around some trades, plus 
we had some games. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to recap some of the trades on Wednesday, talk to you about and recap some of the games on Wednesday and set you up for what to be on the lookout for on Thursday. Woj bombs. That is what we got on Wednesday. Here are uh, here's an update on some of the trades that were going down. Detroit had been discussing a trade with Phoenix on Luke Kennard, and apparently, as uh, Adrian Wojnarowski has reported, there's kind of an impasse right now, and it's over the protection on the Suns' first round pick that would be involved in this trade. There was also a rumor going around that the Phoenix Suns were uh, dangling Kelly Oubre and making him available in trade talk. John Gambadoro and Phoenix. Kind of left this open, you know, that he didn't he didn't necessarily see the Suns being active about moving him, but it doesn't mean that they wouldn't do that. So that was kind of one of the earlier trade pieces that had been floating around. Now, trades that had finished and finalized or, you know, in air quotes, finalized. We have a three way trade with Miami, Memphis and Oklahoma City. The problem is, is we don't have all the pieces. Now, we do know the biggest main piece was Andre Iguodala going to the Heat. That was kind of the biggest one. We also have a report that Justice Winslow is going to go from the Heat to Memphis. And there's also a conversation about Danilo Gallinari could be going to the Heat. The other pieces, they're kind of unknown at this time. Adrian Wojnarowski kind of talks about how Gallo goes to Miami Could Oklahoma City get Miami to lift their protections on a 2023 first round pick that the Heat owe the Thunder? That could be a part of this trade. It's protected as a top 14. So you could see something like that involved. But what we do know is Andre Iguodala is on the Heat. Justice Winslow is going to Memphis. And the other pieces we are kind of are waiting to be seen at this point. So that was a very interesting trade with three teams involved. Uh, You had a Atlanta Hawks trade with Dwayne Dedman returning to Atlanta. And the Atlanta Hawks are sending Jabari Parker, Alex Lynn, and I believe uh, two second round picks, one of 2020 and one of 2021 to the Sacramento Kings. So Dedman goes back to his original stomping grounds and Atlanta has really compiled a set of big men now with the Clint Capella trade, Deadman, and now John Collins. That's their three-headed monster for the big guys. Parker and Lynn, they move off to Sacramento for some more depth pieces. It'll be interesting to see how Harrison Barnes and Jabari Parker work together. I'm not quite sure how that one fits. And then the late-night trade saw the Golden State Warriors move Glenn Robinson the third and Alec Burks to the Philadelphia 76ers for what looks like a, a host of picks. The Sixers were sending the Warriors a 2020 second round pick from Dallas, a 2021 second round pick from Denver, and a 2022 second round pick from Toronto. So a whole bunch of pieces that are kind of being floated out there. So interestingly enough, one of those pieces, and this could, what I kind of think could ultimately still be a bigger piece to the Golden State Warriors moving D'Angelo Russell and potentially getting like a Andrew Wiggins. The Golden State Warriors want more than Andrew Wiggins. They might want more players. So you could, if you'd like, see this as like a, a preemptive move that the Warriors get a couple players off, get picks in lieu of knowing that they're going to acquire a few more players. There's there's other components kind of across the board. There's I believe the Miami Heat are um, or the 76ers are actually currently in the works of needing to clear up space for their new acquisition. So you've got teams that are you know still kind of piecing all of this together. So what you have with the trade deadline, which is set for 3 p.m. Eastern today is you've got surprises that can be in the wings. You've got the the Andrew Wiggins, D'Angelo Russell conversation looming. The Knicks seem to be involved in conversations and trying to make some things work. Apparently, um, the Knicks have talked with the Lakers about a Kyle Kuzma trade that would send Marcus Morris 
and um, I believe it would just send Marcus Morris to L.A., and then you'd have Kyle Kuzma and Danny Green having to move. So there's some money pieces that would be involved. So you've got the Knicks involved in some trade talk with Marcus Morris, the Lakers with Kyle Kuzma, D'Angelo Russell, um, Andrew Wiggins, and then we also know Gallinari is still floating out there. Those are the things we know for the trade deadline. That doesn't mean there aren't any surprises in the wings. I... I have heard, and I think other people have heard some other names of a surprise that have appeared. You know, we've heard Bradley Beal. That's one that's popped up. Buddy Heald, uh, Dennis Schroeder. There was reported there was uh, the Lakers and inquired about Dennis Schroeder in a trade. So, uh, we, I mean, we also know that Darren Collison is kind of floating out there and that he would theoretically be signing at some point soon. So, uh, Drew Holiday, another one of those guys where there seems to kind of be a, a, a an idea that he is going to be moved. Just nobody really knows what it is. So, you know, you don't you hate to get too excited and you hate to get your expectations up, you know, to a point that you can't come back from with the trade deadline because the NBA trade deadline does know how to disappoint. It has done it in the past where we get all super excited and we look back and we're like, well, you know, the majority of the good trades were actually done two or three days before. That could still be the case. You know, a Russell trade may not happen for the Warriors, you know, and the biggest trade could have been that Capella one. But I have a feeling, and I think I've said this before, though, but I have a feeling that Thursday has got some good stuff ahead of us. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be because Chandler Parsons was waived and he finds a new team. I think you're going to see some of these big names moved. I think Holiday, I think Russell, I think Wiggins make a lot of sense. I'm not sure Kuzma fits the Lakers. And Kevin Love is still floating out there. That's one that's just kind of floated on the radar. You know, Kevin Love didn't doesn't want to be on that team. So maybe one happens for that. I think it's going to be an explosive NBA trade deadline. And I'm just breaking down what happened on Wednesday. Bogman's got you covered for tomorrow. So get ready for all the excitement. We have got a live reaction podcast over on In This League for the trade deadline. There's a lot of other good coverage out there. But what will be good about tomorrow's Hardwood Takeaways is Bogman will have some time to really digest. We'll be, you know, sit back, kind of really process them. And it'll probably be a show very dedicated to um, what goes down for the trade deadline. But I got you covered there. Set you up with the rumors. So let's take a look at what went down on Wednesday as teams are kind of, you know, this is that last moment, you know, that last moment for teams to really figure out who they are. You know, I talked yet yesterday about, you know, maybe the Phoenix Suns don't know who they are. Maybe they're not quite sold on exactly the team they want to be. Maybe they think, well, you know, 10 games out, just add another piece. Maybe we could really fight for this. Well, Wednesday could have been a determining factor and take it with the Phoenix Suns. They played the Detroit Pistons, who they're in trade talks with. And they lost 116 to 108, and they lost to a 18-win team at the time in the Detroit Pistons. Now the Phoenix Suns fall to 20 and 31. Uh, over on Phoenix's end, Kelly Oubre, if it was his last game, he was huge. He was huge. He played 42 minutes in this one. In fact, th- uh, four of the five starters for the Suns played 40 plus minutes because essentially everybody was injured and inactive for this game. So Kelly Oubre played 42 minutes. He scored 30 points with five rebounds. DeAndre Ayton played 41 minutes. He was 12 for 18 from the field, 26 and 12 with four blocks and four assists. Great game. Devin Booker, another 42 minutes, 22 points, seven assists, hit a couple threes. And Bridges played 42 minutes in this one, scoring 13 points. There was a combined 37 minutes played from the bench as a whole. As a whole, the entire bench played 37 minutes. Four of the five starters played more than that. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, they shot 54% from the field. They hit 12 threes. Nothing bad, but the Pistons were just better. 
Andre Drummond absolutely dominated the Phoenix Suns, which has been their problem in the past with big men. 31 points, 19 rebounds, four assists, three steals in 38 minutes. He was 14 for 19. Reggie Jackson put on a show, hit 10 field goals, 10 of 24 in 34 minutes, five threes with 25 points and nine assists. Off the bench, Christian Wood, 21 points and eight rebounds, and Galloway, 15 points in 30 minutes. No Derrick Rose in this one, but it was enough. 12 uh, threes, they hit 46 of 95 on the field goal, and they uh, outscored the Phoenix Suns 27 to 22 in the final quarter. And I believe they uh, only the second quarter was the Phoenix Suns was the spot where the Phoenix Suns had any type of a lead in the game. Otherwise, Detroit kind of ran away with it. So could this be a snag where the Phoenix Suns are less aggressive on Kennard? Maybe they want Kennard in the long term and they're also shopping Kelly Oubre. The conversation about Kelly Oubre could also be relative to trying to make the talks work with um, Detroit for you know, this protected pick. So the Phoenix Suns look to be in some capacity involved in the trade deadline that's coming up, whether they're buyers or sellers or a little bit of both. I think that's something to be on the lookout for a fantastic game, fantastic game in the East. The Raptors beat the Pacers 119 to 118. They got their 37th win of the year on the Pacers side for the starters, Malcolm Brogdon, 24.6 rebounds, six assists, hit four threes in 34 minutes. Demonis Sabonis had a triple-double, 15 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. And the guy that has been rumored as available in trades, Miles Turner played 24 minutes, only six points with seven rebounds. Interesting name to watch. Oladipo up to 25 minutes, scored 13 points, but off the bench, Justin Holiday, 22 points, five rebounds, and Doug McDermott had 19 points with four threes. They hit 19 threes in this game and shot over 52%, so they were great. Raptors were just better. Pascal Siakam, 25 points, 9 rebounds with 5 assists in 40 minutes. He was 10 for 11 from the free throw line. You had multiple 30-point scores. Kyle Lowry, 38 minutes, had 32 points, 8 rebounds, 10 assists, maybe his best game of the year. And Serge Baca scored 30 points with 7 rebounds, 3 assists, also hit a couple threes. He was 13 of 21. He was great. They shot over 50% from the field, and the Raptors were just better, and they outscored the Pacers they, I mean, they had a, they were trailing in the fourth quarter, but they outscored the Pacers 37 to 32 in the final quarter. So Raptors win 119, 118. Magic and Boston. Boston wins at home 116 to 100 route by the Boston Celtics. That was their 35th win of the year. Orlando still can just not get close enough to get to that 500 marker. For Orlando, Aaron Gordon, 23 points with, oh, with 10 rebounds, four assists in 31 minutes. He was 7 of 15 from the field. Evan Fournier, 26 points on four rebounds with eight for 15 from the field. Hit six threes in this one, just about half of them. Terrence Ross, he scored 18 points off the bench. Michael Carter-Williams scored 12, and it was slow go for the rest of the crew. Markel Fultz only put up four shot attempts in 30 minutes. Uh, I did mention uh, Nikola Vucevic, 12 points. 10 rebounds, but 5 of 12 from the field. Just poor percentages, poor production overall from Orlando, and Boston is not a team that you can get away with that with. Jason Tatum, 33 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks in 39 minutes with 5 threes all over the place. Gordon Hayward, he played 35 minutes, was 10 for 16 from the field, 23-7-7, great game. And Jalen Brown scored 18 points in 38 minutes. A lot of guys off the bench didn't matter. They shot 56% from the three-point line and 53.5% from the field. 
Boston wins, 116-100. The Brooklyn Nets absolutely stomped the Golden State Warriors, where the Warriors did not have a single quarter where they even scored 25 points. That's right. They scored under 20 in the third quarter. They never, and I should have said over 25 points. They scored 25 in the first quarter. They did not surpass that the rest of the game. They lost 129-88 to to the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn got their 23rd win of the season for Golden State. D'Angelo Russell, maybe his last game, 17 points, 7 for 10 from the field in 33 minutes last game for the Warriors. Pascal played uh, 33 minutes. He scored 15 points with 5 rebounds. Pretty low output from the rest of the starters, and Burks and Robinson were already out of the game uh, for the trade happenings and the trade talks. Pull off the bench, scored 16 points, but they were 5 of 39 from the three-point line and shot under 37%. I mean, Golden State is just trying to get this thing right for the future. That's all that they're thinking about right now. Maybe they get Wiggins. You're going to have Curry back soon. Just trying to build this roster up for the future. And they got some young pieces that had a lot of, that got a lot of production. You know, if you were to put guys like Pascal and Poole in part of the bench rotation, looks pretty good. You just don't want them as the main starters. Uh, over on the Nets side, Karis LeVert led the way for the starters and the team scoring 23 points with eight assists in 27 minutes. Jared Allen only had four points, but had 13 rebounds in 18 minutes. Joe Harris scored 17 with nine rebounds off the bench. Uh, Kirk's 12 points with five rebounds and DeAndre Jordan, 10 points, seven rebounds, 51% from the field. They took a clean 100 shots and made 51 of them for the Nets. Uh, next game up, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they beat the Cavs 109-103, and this is what makes them a difficult team to gauge if they're involved in the three-team trade because they're 31-20 and 20 on the year. They are, and the Cavs, I mean, the Cavs only 13 wins, but Oklahoma is firmly in a playoff race, so how active do they want to be in moving a guy like Danilo Gallinari, who is in their starting lineup? Played 31 minutes in this game, scored 15 points with five rebounds. We don't know yet. Uh, since we're here, SGA, 23 points, 10 rebounds with three assists and a couple blocks in 39 minutes. A force, man. Chris Paul, 12 points, seven assists in 30 minutes. Off the bench, Dennis Schroeder, who the Lakers called about, hey, what's up with Schroeder? And Oklahoma said, we're good. You don't have what we need. Scored 30 points off the bench with six assists, 10 for 17 from the field. They only hit nine threes in this game, but shot 46%. Over on Cleveland's side, Kevin Love, 20.7 rebounds, five assists, in what has become an absolutely just dead quiet trade market talk around him. I just don't know what's happened. Uh, Colin Sexton, 23 points in 35 minutes. He was nine for 18 from the field. Rest of the starters were relatively quiet. They scored double digits. John Henson had a double-double, 10 points, 11 rebounds, but just not much else there for Cleveland, a 13-win team. Uh, the Hawks, who have been very busy, they beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 127-120, to 120, even when they let Minnesota put up 43 points in the fourth quarter. Didn't matter for Atlanta. Atlanta now 14-38, and 38, Minnesota dropping 15-35 and 35 for Minnesota. Carl Anthony Towns, 21 points with 11 rebounds. Andrew Wiggins, maybe his last game with the Wolves, 25.7 rebounds. He was 9 for 20 from the field. Akoji, 23 points. He was 8 for 11 from the field in 37 minutes. Looking good. McLaughlin off the bench, 15 points. Nas Reed had 10 points off the bench. Uh, the team, only 9 threes for 25% from the field. Over on Atlanta's side, Trey Young, 
38 points, hit six threes in this one, was 12 for 13 from the free throw line, also had 11 assists and four rebounds. John Collins, 27 points with 12 rebounds. DeAndre Hunter scored 12. I mean, just think of what this team is doing, and they're just about to come in and add Clint Capella and Dwayne Dedman's coming back. Telling you, not competitive this year, but Atlanta, Atlanta is going to be competitive and going to be competing for a playoff spot next year. And they're going to be led by Trey Young and this just, you know, barrage of big men that they've added, which it's smart. You know, they've got Jeff Teague. They brought in Cam Reddish in the draft. They've got now Collins, Capella and Dedman. I am completely all about this team for 2021. The Grizzlies, they beat the Dallas Mavericks 121 to 107. Kind of a surpriser. And now Memphis is over 500 with a 26 and 25 record. Dallas drops to 31 and 20. On the Mavericks side, Porzingis, 32 points with 12 rebounds. He was 10 for 20 from the field, hit five threes in this one. Uh, Brunson, 20 points with six assists. A lot of guys off the bench, not a whole bunch else in production wise. They did hit 17 threes on this one, led by Porzingis. For the Grizzlies, though, John Morant, 21 points with three assists in 31 minutes. Jaron Jackson Jr. had 19 points, six rebounds, three assists. Boy, Dylan Brooks, he only scored 13 points, but he got a contract extension, a three-year contract extension, as this team is making their moves, and they're about to add Justice Winslow to this lineup, which totally makes sense. It, this is, I mean, these guys are all of those type of Justice Winslow stuff and things players. Kyle Anderson who is like a poor, poor, poor man's Justice Winslow. He was in the starting lineup back, you know, this is like a back-in-the-day type of thing when he was a popular name last year. But six points, not great, but had five rebounds, six assists, and a steal. A little bit of everything. Off the bench, Brandon Clark had 18 points and six rebounds, and the team hit 12 threes, and now over 500. You know, Iguodala wasn't doing anything for them. They're going to bring in Justice Winslow and whatever else this trade does. Not saying they're a scary team, but they're a very interesting, competitive team. Uh, the Nuggets and the Jazz. Nuggets beat the Jazz 98-95. to The Jazz 32-18 and now, where the Nuggets moved to 36-16. and On the Jazz side, Mike Conley, he dropped 21 points with 8 rebounds and 5 assists in 34 minutes. Donovan Mitchell, only 8 for 24 from the field. That hurt them a decent amount. Rudy Gobert had a double-double, 16-14. and and Bogdanovich, 16-5 with five assists. Off the bench, Jordan Clarkson scored 16. They only shot 41.9% from the field. For the Nuggets, Nikola Jokic had a stupid triple-double. 30 points, 21 rebounds with 10 assists. How about two steals as well in 40 minutes? He was 14 for 24 from the field. Good Lord. Jamal Murray, he had 31 points to go with 43 minutes. He hit four threes in this one, and only two players off the bench played. I mean, this was a starter barrage. Three of the guys played over 40 minutes. The others were 36 minutes or above. They only hit seven threes, only 43%, but it was just enough to get it done, and they outscored the Utah Jazz 26-20 to in the fourth quarter, and Utah only scored 38 second-half points. So that's what ultimately killed them. And then the final game of the night was the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Clippers. The Heat making some moves and they need it coming off of not a great uh, game here. They lost 111 to 128. The Clippers now 36 and 15. Miami falls to 34 and 16. Ben Adebayo, 22 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists in 40 minutes. Jimmy Butler was 11 with 7 assists. None was in there with 13 points. Olenek only had seven in the starting lineup. And Jones had 25 points with nine rebounds and 31 minutes off the bench. Dragic 13, four, and five. 
as Miami making some moves over on the Clippers side. I know they've been poking around. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull anything off. Uh, Paul George had 23 points with 10 rebounds. Kawhi Leonard only played 31 minutes, was only five of 13 from the field and only had 14 points, but did have seven assists and our seven rebounds and nine assists off the bench. They had four players score double digits. Uh, Samet 23 points with six assists. They have been linked in conversations with the New York Knicks. Lou Williams had 14 points. Uh, Montrezl Harrell, 14.7 rebounds. And Green, 12.5 rebounds. They hit 24 threes in this one. The Clippers dominated this game. Uh, Three of the four quarters, they scored 30 points for a 128-111 win. And that, friends, is everything that I got for you. There's a lot. There's a lot more. I mean, I'm telling you. You know, the Woj is keeping busy on Wednesday night as I'm recording this. You know, the Burks and the Glenn Robinson trade just went down to Philly. There's more to be had. When you wake up and you're hearing this, there might be another trade or two. Some of the ones I've speculated on, some bigger names. Follow up that final hour. That's where it's going to get big. That 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern hour, even up to the minute. And Bogman's going to have you covered right here on Hardwood Takeaways on the Sports Grid tomorrow. I'm your host, Chris Welsh, though. Hope you guys have a fantastic, fantastic Thursday enjoying this NBA trade deadline. I know I always get stoked for it. And we'll have you covered tomorrow right here on Hardwood Takeaways. a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is 
finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.